Welcome ladies, young boys, girls, and that Technicolor rainbow in between. It's us, it's the Too Late Update podcast, the only podcast that brings you news from, like, barely any time at all ago this time around. <laughs> so, like, you, like, most of the time we give you a lovely nostalgia trip, and this time you'll be going, hang on, wasn't that like last month? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, um, I feel like we've aged a lot since the month in question, though. I, I mean, that is true, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And not just we, the entire Earth. Yeah. Um, so, so we're going to be talking about October 2019. Um, I am, of course, joined by the wonderful Kevin Jones, whose voice you just heard, and the marvellous Chris Hodgkinson. Hello. Happy yeah. Uncanny Day. Happy what? what? Oh, right. Is this, the, is this the podcast? It's now a TV show. Yeah. I, w- I went to a podcast recording last night. Did you? Yeah. Off now menu. you're another one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our, our yes. podcast is better. It's not. <laughs> what 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 did you go to see, Kev? Off menu podcast. It's it's marginally less popular than our podcast. Uh, uh, ma- marginally less popular. That's yeah. not possible. Uh, That's not also possible. they're they're um they're not better than Rage Against the Machine. No, we are better than Rage Against the Machine. Uh, as we continue to do so, you know. <laughs> Every time I look around, I find reasons why we're better than Rage Against the Machine. No one even knows if they've uh, 101%ed Crash Bandicoot, right? I that puts that information out there. I just I just let people know. <laughs> Every time we release another episode and they continue to do nothing, the gap widens. Yeah. I'd like uh, if the reason they, they haven't got back together and recorded another album is because what they're waiting for one of the members to 101% Crash Bandicoot. I mean, that could be true. <laughs> it's not an easy game. It's quite difficult. Yeah, are you talking it's about not, the original? Not, yeah. The, the it's original not a very one good is really game. Hard. Yeah. That's because it's not very good. Oh, shut up, you don't know anything. <laughs> no, uh, the first one's too hard, the second one's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but we're not here to talk about Crash Bandicoot much, I don't think, well, unless it comes up. Like. Um, Hodge, why don't you uh, run us through, <laughs> instead of talking about Cra- Crash Bandicoot, uh, why don't you Crash run Bandicoot. us through the news of <laughs> right, October oh. 2019? Stop saying Bandicoot! I'm not saying Bandicoot, I'm saying Crash saying Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot, because he's, he's a hater. Right. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot 2 and 3 are legitimately very good games. Mr. I pick Sonic. In every, my yeah, game. yeah, every it's time. Insane. Every for, single for, for, bloody for time. A, for a series, is a piece of shit. Yeah, 2 and 3 are all right. <laughs> I mean... If you like playing games, shit points of view to play. Anyway, uh, 2019. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Bandicoot fans. Immediately off all the all of <laughs> October 2019. See, where's he in the upcoming platforming renaissance? Shut Nowhere. up and get That's up with right. it! Get on with it! Yes, get on with it! Yeah! I am enjoying this scene. Get on with it! Right. October 2019. The first. The Office for National Statistics reports that 726 homeless people died in England and Wales in 2018, a 22% rise from 2017 and the highest increase since records began. The Conservative Party claimed this is a win. Torrential um, rain that, brings... They, they do not. <laughs> <laughs> but that may, may or may not. Not publicly. Sorry, not publicly, they don't. But secretly, behind closed doors, it's champagne. Torrential rain brings flooding to many parts of Great Britain, with dozens of warnings issued by the Environmental Agency. Some areas in the Midlands, Wales and southern England are hit by a week's worth of rain in just one hour. Wow. Are you just the news today? 
I was going to say, it was like that today, wasn't it? I was driving to get some <laughs> chips earlier right. and all the roads are flooded. That is the most <laughs> Hodge thing I've ever heard him say, driving to get some chips, specifically. And fish. <laughs> but um, that was, that, yeah, but yeah, it's not as funny if you say fish and chips, because that's normal. Just going to get chips is a Hodge thing. It's not well, really. I'm just, I'm just being an arsehole. Carry on. <laughs> Let's get through it. Chips from the fish and chip shop, but he just grabbed yeah. the fish from the like the flooded roads. That's right. And and I've got some paper. Second of October, Johnson publishes his Brexit plan, which includes proposals to replace the Irish backstop. It would create an all Ireland regulatory zone, meaning that Northern Ireland essentially stays in the European single market for agricultural and industrial goods. Now the thing is. There was a, there's quite a lot of very dry Brexity stuff this month, so I haven't included most of it because there's quite a lot going on as there is. Yeah. And I think we're all sick to the back team for Brexit anyway, so there's only an odd bit for it in, but there is a lot more. Just in summary, what happened is that Theresa May had a deal which included a backstop, which was sort of a compromise to the DUP and propping up the Tory part at this point. Um, she resigned as Prime Minister in the summer. Boris Johnson took over. Boris Johnson's tactic was just like, Fuck Northern Ireland. Yeah. This won't cause a problem uh, because I don't care. I want to get the deal through, and I, I think I can call a general election if I can't get through Parliament. That's what happened. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on the fourth of October, Prince Harry begins legal action against the owners of the Sun and the Daily Mirror in retaliation to alleged phone hacking. On the fifth of October, two thousand and nineteen, Tottenham's bus crash. More than fifty people are injured after a double-decker bus crashes and overturns on the A385 between Totnes and Paynton in Devon. Also, Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab says he has called the US ambassadors for United Kingdom to express his disappointment that a US diplomat's wife, who was the subject of a police investigation following a fatal road crash, has left the UK. I mean, that's like telling a child who's disappointed they didn't really do anything, solve anything. I forgot about that scam. Yeah. That was quite a big thing. Yeah, it was. It really was. Because here's the thing. The, the issue wasn't necessarily that she was ever going to face charges or anything like that. The issue was that she failed to like explain what had happened or anything and just buggered mm. off. That was that was the thing that was out of order because she was never yeah. going to go to prison. She's got diplomatic immunity. It was never going to get to that stage. But the fact that they were just like, no, get her out of the country and get her and bugger off and don't explain anything, don't talk to anyone was, was totally out of order because that's not how you're yeah. supposed to behave. But then that's, uh, you know, that was... Trump's government, wasn't it? Pretty much. Yep. Um, also on the 5th, Lucia Lucas becomes the first transgender singer to perform with the English National Opera in London. So there's some good news. 6th October, flights repatriating the final 4,800 Thomas Cook holidaymakers stranded abroad following the company's collapse take off, bringing an end to Operation Matterhorn the largest peacetime repatriation operation that has seen more than 150,000 people brought back to the UK. Wow. I did not know this. No, I didn't know this. So, uh, Tom, isn't Thomas Cook like TUI, or is that something else? That's something else, yeah. Oh, oh TUI? Yeah. yeah. Someone else. That's yeah. Thompson's, I think, now, or something. Oh, okay. It was. Yeah. Um, for them, the Arndale Centre in Manchester is evacuated after a number of stabbings in which four people are injured. A man in his 40s is arrested on suspicion of planning an act of terrorism. 12th October, Typhoon Hagibis, Hagibis? Hagibi? Hagibi? Um, makes landfall in Japan, 
the biggest storm to hit the region in decades, with over 7 million people urged to evacuate. And it forced some rugby games to be called off. Mm. I'm not joking. That's what actually happened. They had the Rugby World Cup on at this time, and they just had to, like, sack off some games. Oh, um, okay. Oh, was yeah. it in Japan at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, they had the Rugby World Cup in Japan in, in hurricane uh, season for, for some reason. I mean, to I be fair, they do Grand Prix in hurricane season, so it's not... It's not unheard of. No. 14th October. Extinction, rebellion, protests are banned across London by the Metropolitan Police. I mean, it's mm. just been a slippery slope with our police and protests, hasn't it, really? It's just been one thing after other than a yeah, 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 the, the Met, pretty awful. Just pretty doing as they please, really. Yeah, I mean, they don't ban police officers murdering people, so... I mean, that's that's I mean, just covered under the blanket the murder law, actually. Yeah. 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 I know. I, as soon as I said that, was, but they, they didn't <laughs> like it when people protested about that or, you know, had a vigil about that. No. Yeah. Sainz, 18th of October. Sainsbury's becomes the first major supermarket to stop selling fireworks across the UK, which is... Fantastic, and everyone should stop sending fireworks because they shouldn't be a thing. Sorry, I'm editorialising. They shouldn't be a thing. People can buy and do themselves. Yeah, that, that's, that's what you're saying. Is in, so in Australia, you have to be have a license to do fireworks. Yeah, Whereas in the UK, sensible. you just go and buy fireworks wherever you want and like let them off at like three in the morning or um, into a child's bedroom. Well, actually, uh, around this time, I was getting the train home, and someone threw a tri- firework on that train. Jesus. Yeah. A bunch of kids just threw a firework on a train. Yeah. Uh, you know, you are, you can just go, like, you can go buy fireworks anywhere in the UK. Um, it will be the same towards the end of this month. Uh, we'll have... Uh, should, should at least be sold to over 21s, I would say. Yeah, I, I maybe are always going to get hold of them. Yeah, I, I think I, there's no... Right, just just have it as it's a license thing. If you're going to put on a legitimate fireworks display, you'll get a license and you'll buy them. You'll be able to get them. It's you know you you you've got a dog, Matt. Um, he doesn't dogs care. Get quite distressed. <laughs> I mean, no, uh, no, no. I I get the. I I mean, sorry. I take the wider point about pets, but it just happens. But he doesn't care. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I I can see where you're coming from. Maybe I'm just, you know, just that kind of. Mm, you also get all the all the injuries and the strain on the NHS every year because people do stupid things with fireworks. Yeah, it's it's a dangerous thing that is that anyone can go and buy and anyone can do anywhere, which I, I don't think is particularly sensible. I mean, you make good points, um, but all I have um, to say is now he's state, and then then that that makes an entire point that I don't have to back <laughs> up in any way. 18th October, <laughs> not with facts. NASA astronauts Jessica Mir and Christina Koch conduct the first all-female spacewalk outside of the International Space Station. Yay! 21st, Waitrose and John Lewis announced there to stop selling Christmas crackers containing plastic toys from 2020 as part of plans to cut down on single-use plastics. Yeah, I mean, no, that's <laughs> that's different because wooden toys are better and you can chuck them at kids when they have, they're being annoying. <laughs> yeah, but is it, yeah, yeah, have they got wooden toys in them? To make them actual crackers. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though, are these wooden things like that, or are they now just really shit crackers that are overpriced? I mean, let's let's be shit, real. Yeah, yeah, all crackers are shit. <laughs> Fair points. I'll give um, you that. Your this is a good thing. It's less pla- plastic crap everywhere. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it is. 
the yeah the general thing is like crackers are shit yeah 22nd of october abortion is decriminalized in northern ireland so we're having a conversation with a friend about rishi sunak's uh thing to ban have a scaling ban of smoking Mm. essentially that could be his legacy thing like he's going to be remembered as a bit of a shit prime minister but you know he's potentially if he bans young people smoking and less and less people smoke that that's quite a big legacy thing david cameron legalizing gay marriage i think this one was theresa may's like legalizing abortion in north america north america north america that's gone the other way kev (laughs) that's very much Um, that's more illegal now um (laughs) yeah so it was you know it's a really positive step yeah yeah um 23rd of october the bodies of 38 adults and a teenager are found in a lorry container in Essex. A 25-year-old man from Northern Ireland is arrested on suspicion of murder. Yeah. That's a lot of people. I don't remember this at all. That's like a lot of people. I think we may have covered this in another news item on a different episode about the trial, perhaps. Oh, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was this was a thing. Yeah. 25th of October. Tourists visit the summit of Uluru, also known as Ayers Rock, for the last time as a ban on climbing the famous rock in Australia's Northern Territory comes into effect. Yes, good. Yeah. 29th of October. MPs vote by 438 to 20 in favour of a general election, scheduled for Thursday the 12th of December 2019 by passing the early parliamentary general election bill. And nothing will go wrong. No. Interestingly, that the Labour Party didn't really want this election at all. Yeah. So it was... So... It was essentially Boris Johnson threatened to do a vote of no confidence in his own government to get a general election that Labour kept saying, no, we don't want because they knew they'd lose. Mm. It was Lib Dems who were like, oh, we'll win some seats. So let's do it. And like they didn't win any seats and they gave the Tories a massive majority. Oh, Lib Dems. <laughs> yeah. It's just that I forget who their um, leader was at this point, but uh, they... Uh, so does everyone else. Yeah. No one can tell you the leader of the Lib Dems. Yeah, uh, but it was a massive miscalculation. Uh, she thought, I forgot her name, but she thought um, that because they were going on the pro, like the pro referendum thing, but Labour were doing that anyway, that they'd pick up a load of seats. So they were like, oh, well, we'll go for it. The SNP thought the same. Yeah. The SNP did get some seats. So they, you know, at least they did it reason. But the both of them were like tactically, well, we'll get seats, but the consequences of which were a massive Tory majority because Labour is so weak at this point that it was that was all that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it kind of goes to show you that this is only, you know, we, we've had 13 years of the Tory party in government and people were still really fed up of the Tories at this point. But mm. then they put, then Labour put up Jeremy Corbyn as a candidate for prime minister. And unless... <laughs> There was no appetite. There was never an appetite um, to have that man as a serious candidate from the British well, people. The only mitigation I'd say to that is he did get something like forty percent of the vote in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um. The issue in twenty nineteen was that in twenty seventeen he had a, he had a forward thinking, not radical, but forward thinking. Uh, um. Oh, what's the word? Um. Manifesto. Manifesto. Um, board thinking manifesto that was different to what had been offered for probably like 15 years before that yeah um but it was fairly it wasn't it was fairly in check 
Whereas I think in 2019, it was like free broadband for everyone, this, this, this. And it was all stuff that like, apparently they focused testing and said it was popular policies. But when everyone was looking at it, go, they're offering everything. They're going to buy yeah. a lot of people have this memory of Labour bankrupting the country. Yeah. And when you're doing that, it was just like, oh, you've got no credibility. Plus, between 2017 and 2019, the anti Semitism thing had happened. So, um, all his credibility had gone at that point. It, it, it was the most thorough character assassination of, an, of, a, of another party leader, I would say, because, you know, our, our, our papers in the UK are notoriously right wing. So every every day it was some new story about Jeremy Corbyn not being British enough, effectively, um, and it was every day. And you know, uh, but also I would say it was just as you sort of say there were a lot of people from the nineteen seventies who sort of remember that Labour government where it was the sort of hard left Labour government and it was a disaster. I mean, that's why we had Thatcherism as a response to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... There we go. But plus, people at that point generally thought Boris Johnson was some some kind of good leader. I don't know why. I don't know. Again, whatever you say about Boris Johnson, he has charisma. He has that ability that there are still people, yeah. even now, who think he's a bit of a laugh and a good time. And oh, he's just like me. This is a man who went to Eton, and you got lorry drivers going. He's just like me. Like no, no. I mean, his, his name is Alexander de Feffel. Yeah. <laughs> like, B- Boris isn't his name. It's Alexander de Feffel. Yeah. Johnson. Anyway, it there is all very, very strange times, like, around then. There is, in fact, if it, like, it's, it's funny reading something from 2019, particularly the late half of 2019, and not mentioning the C word, because that wouldn't come into the picture until November, December? Uh, yeah, December. I, think, I don't think it was actually acknowledged in China until December, but I think yeah. it's been widespread in China. Letter yeah. and the, so it is. It is right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. That was the news of 2019. So let us pick up as we normally do with some video games. Um, you know what? As a reward for for reading all of that, Hodge, why don't you tell us about your video game pick? My video game pick is Ukulele and the Impossible there. Yep. Have you guys played this? I have, yeah. Yes. Is this the 2D one? This yes. is the 2D one, which I would argue is one of the best 2D platformers of the last 10 years. Yeah, it's easily. pretty good. Some interesting levels. You've got some good mechanics where you do stuff in an overworld and it alters the level. You go back in, it's all different. The music is fantastic throughout this game. It's... um. So it's developed by Platonic, who are made up of old, rare developers. Mm-hmm. So you may remember they initially did that crowdfunder or Kickstarter for the 2D ukulele game. Yeah. Uh, which that was sort of a 3D one, which wasn't wasn't great. It's it's all right, but it's. I think I think the main criticism of the original is that this is too much like an old yeah. um, retro. Like there were things that could have been improved upon. And they were a bit like, ah, no, no, we'll just give you basically what would have been an N64 game, you know? Yeah, the, the camera is impossible. Yes, the camera makes me feel a bit sick. Yeah, why I haven't got that far again, which is not not a great review. <laughs> but the 2D one is fantastic. It's very Donkey Kong Country, which is something no one else really does. Really, you don't really get any other Donkey Kong Country like games. Really, I, I mean, think off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, apart from the the. 
return series, the Donkey Kong Country return series. Yeah, but think, yeah, apart, apart from Donkey Kong Country, no one else really does anything like Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like how there's there's yeah there's a hundred Metroidvanias available now, um, but there's I, I would say there's not a lot of um, pure platformers. If you know what I mean. Yeah, but it's about the movement. The movement is what makes this feel Donkey Kong Country. I think. Yeah, the it's rolling and fluid yeah. and rolly and heavy jumping. Um, what I was also... thinking, uh, off yeah. topic, sorry, but like in fifteen years' time, there'll be the fifty Metroidvanias all in one packet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cave in the Wild Mask is a Donkey Kong Country like. Yes. Yeah. That's the only other one that I. And um, the other thing that's quite interesting is so. So Playtonic have only released like two games, which is the two ukulele games. Mm-hmm. And then they've kind of, they, they made their own um, publishing label, which was Playtonic Friends. And that's, that's, that's released quite a lot of stuff. That's like put out Demon Turf, Bullets Per Minute, Little Gator Game, Blossom Tales 2. Ah, okay. Um, Demon Turf, I'm going to say that, didn't I? Little Golf Journey. So a few things, it's got a few things coming up. Have you seen that? Um, what is it called? It is that um, uh, victory, victory heat rally. Have you seen that? No. Okay, it looks like a eight-bit outrun style game, mm-hmm. but it looks fantastic. It's by um, Sky Devil Palm, but it's it's published by Platonic Friends. But it's weird because like, yeah, this was the last game they put open out was 2019, and the the conceit is you've got to rescue Pages, not Jiggies, Pages. Um, and for each one you get, you get like another go at the impossible lair, which is the end game, which you can kind of try whenever you want. But it is well met. It's really hard the impossible lair. Yeah, it's it's uh, like there was a, a thing. Apparently, one of the achievements is doing the impossible lair immediately. So you start the game and you beat it by doing the impossible lair. Uh, no, you just got to do it without losing a life. You can do it at any point. No, that's what I mean. That's there's yeah, an achievement. Yeah, I think there's an achievement for like yeah for you know um, I think that, or maybe uh, someone else was just made, maybe it wasn't an actual achievement. Maybe it's something they did challenge themselves, which was to beat the impossible layer without like basically start the game, beat the impossible layer without any bees or whatever they're called. I've got a platinum for this. So I yeah, what they are. I'll use mock chain. But yeah, that's that's a really good. Uh, it's a really good concept that the. The last level is the first level that you play, and yeah, it's I mean, it's called the Impossible Lair for a very good reason. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just a, it's a very good game with great music. Yeah, and I want to make another one, but they just won't make anything. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they are, but that one maybe, came out. Maybe they are. That one seemed to come out quite quick. It did, yeah, and then they've yeah, got I, I always got confused. I didn't. I for a while just assumed it was the same game as the the bad 3D one. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's all I have to say about that. Make yeah. another one. Come on. Kev, what have you brought us to the table this time around? I uh I kind I looked at the list and assumed you two would pick the games you picked. Okay. A combination. So I picked this one as a as a third one. Um yeah, it's Concrete Genie by Pixel Opus, which was a PlayStation exclusive, but not a very well known one. Um and it was kind of like a very artsy game where you're playing in a small like town that's been sort of started to get overrun by a darkness thing. Um, and you play as this kid that's like relentlessly bullied uh, and the bullies like rip up his pad of like drawings. Okay. And send you to this spooky lighthouse, which no one goes to because everyone's scared of it. 
um, at which point you make you meet a benevolent I don't know genie type yeah genie obviously that's the title of the game yeah who um, <laughs> gives you a uh, paintbrush and then you go around the city uh, using um, different genies that you meet or uh, doing paintings to sort of bring life and light back to the city um, and then you kind of get to know the well the the bullies tried to stop you at points and they touch the the paintbrush and then you find out their backstories and they're all like very hard like upbringings or their parents are divorced and stuff and one of them's just bullying you because he's afraid of being bullied himself um and at the end yeah so the bullies eventually break your paintbrush and you uh the the first genie sort of sacrifice yourself so you can take on the darkness um and rid it from the city but the bullies actually help you in the end but it's one of those games it's it's i mean it's not amazing i wouldn't put it as one of the top ps4 games or anything it's not even one of the top ps4 exclusive uh, sony published exclusives it just is it's a nice art nice artsy game it's mm. about five hours long um great to play in a couple of nights and it, i kind of wish we'd get more stuff like this yeah not, not like little shorter experiences are sometimes very yeah yeah like um the, the studio actually closed a couple of months ago I think they were involved in helping a different game, which just fell apart and they closed the studio, which is a bit of a shame because they're obviously very talented. Mm. Uh, it sort of reminded me like the heyday of this type of game, which maybe had been like five years earlier. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed playing the game. It's nothing, nothing amazing, but it was it was a nice, like, lovely little two-night experience. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh, Pixelopus. Yeah. I think, I think it's been really given... PS Plus, so you could probably play it at any point. It's weird because they went from um, the only game we did before us was Entwined. Yeah, this is Entwined wasn't. I didn't think it was very good, but I think this is, no. this is generally a good game. It's not. It's not like a nine out of ten or anything like that. It's, it's a solid like seven or eight. But yeah, I, I remember it fondly. It's quite a nice game and you know, it gives you the feels at points. Oh, cool. Yeah, especially nice. when they all team together at the end to defeat the darkness and. Nice. Maybe I'll give that a go at some point. Yeah, yeah so, I recommend it. I think I think there's something to be said about games that are. I, I think some people don't like games when they're five or six hours long, and they are oh, short. What's the point? It's like, no, can we have more games that this long? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, Journey is like only what an hour long at most, something like that. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Release a game, twenty quid, high quality game, twenty quid, six hours long, great. What do you remember for the rest of your life, though? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, my pick is a bit more uh, conventional, really. It's Luigi's Mansion 3, which is Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, there's, like, there doesn't d- pro- probably doesn't really need a lot of setup, but it's, you know, it's Luigi's Mansion. It's uh, Mario's uh, brother basically doing uh, ghost catching, and this time it's in a hotel. But what I, what I actually really like about this game is... Probably the amount of character they give to, uh, you know, amount of personality, I should say, they give to all their characters in it. Um, I, I think they do a really good job of setting it up as um, uh, setting them up as people for a change rather than just, you know, Mario and the princess and Luigi and stuff like that. Um, it's got some really lovely uh, environments and bosses and, you know, the puzzles are really good. I, I really like this series in general because I think it's one of the mm. one of the areas where 
it makes the that little world of Nintendo characters feel a bit more lived in, even though it's obviously got the conceit of you know the ghost catching and everything like that. That's I think it's just fun to sort of pot around this haunted hotel and you know uh, catch ghosts. It's great. It's a lovely little game. Um, I yeah, I think this is a big step up from the two. Yeah, which I think a bit of a bit of a letdown. I think this this was this felt like a bigger. Yeah. Is this the one with like Gooigi? Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. And Polter yeah. the Pup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Polter Pup just needs pup. to be in everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I I agree. This is a good game. Yeah. It's, again, it's one of those. It's not. Um, it's not gonna be a top tier Switch exclusive, but it's the type of thing that builds out a library on the Switch, which I think they've yeah. been really good with. Yeah. Throughout, it's like, well, you know, we're not you're not gonna get a Mario and a uh, Zelda every year, but you're gonna get. A Luigi Mansion. You're going to get a Pikmin. You're going to get something that's like a, a good game that yeah you'll enjoy. I mean, I mean, it's not going to be a game year contender, but it's going to be a very enjoyable. But yeah, but um, next level games are the um, Luigi Mansion three developer. So they were I've forgotten this. They were purchased by Nintendo in 2021. Yes. Yeah. And they've got a eclectic history. They've done like NHL hits pro for GameCube. Mario Strikers on the GameCube. Ah. Spider-Man Friend or Foe for PS2. Wow. Ticket to Ride Kev on the Xbox 360. Oh. My favourite one. The weirdest one they've done, though, is uh, Microsoft Microsoft Solitaire Collection. Damn. Big, (laughs) big, big boy games. (laughs) There. Cool. So, yeah, it certainly wasn't a light light month on video games, um, but these are... 2019 was a bit of an odd year for games, and I don't. I think it was one of the uh, my games or music as well was a similar. It was one of those years where we'd had some really massive years before, and then this year was quite a bit of a come down. Yeah. Um, like I can't remember what my game of the year would have been, but I don't think it was an obvious one. Anyway. I can't remember what else it came. Yeah, I'd have to. I can't remember what else came. I'd, I'd have to have a look at like the year as a whole, and yeah, yeah. have a look at it. RE2 Remake was a game. I think Kingdom Hearts 3 came out and uh, Death Stranding. But it was not, there wasn't like, you know, the year before it was God Award Spider Man. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, so we will uh, handily move on to music. Uh, Kev, which, what have you got for your music pick? I have picked Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds album Ghost Team, which is magnificent. It's one of the, I, I think it was my album of the year. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, I had sort of casually been interested in Nick Cave before this album came out, and then I became obsessed because mm-hmm. this is just like I, I, the the way you feel listening to the album is incredible. Like I um I, I have a specific memory of um I was re-listening to albums for twenty for that year. Um, well, I'd just taken a new job and I was basically in a dark office on my own quite a lot. <laughs> right. Because um, you know it's time of year. I'd start the job in October and it was getting darker because it obviously does um but i was in an office when hardly anyone and didn't have any visitors so i was going into a workplace just to sit on my own and this was before you could work from home which you know it feels mad now to think that four years ago you were home working from home was very rare yeah yeah um, but i listened to the album it was just like very emotional it's um so he's he's written this album after his son died in 2015 mm. uh, but it's a mixture of other things and the it's one of those where the lyrics, the singing, and the the music just complements each other so well. And like a lot of it can be quite discordant. Like the piano doesn't quite fit as you'd imagine, but it's it's so beautiful and brilliant. 
phenomenal um like the, the song ghosting speaks and it's just i'm by your side i'm by your side i'm by your side throughout amazing just um the album ends in a song called hollywood which um sort of talking about uh, the buddha and uh this this woman who's um more than loss of child is there's a way to or a child's sick and there's a way to stop my child from dying and the the, the shaman says or the buddha says um you need to get a seed from a house where no one's died and she can't find it. Yeah. Because th- that doesn't exist. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, someone's died everywhere. Like, but it's just, so, the storytelling is amazing. Um, there's a, I'm, I'm going to be that guy, but I just needs to go to a new build development. <laughs> there's loads of them. Like, in history, in history, <laughs> someone's died on, someone has died on that spot. Um, thanks for ruining that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, there's this lovely song. It's like it, it starts with a very, very metaphor, and then the, the second half of it is it's called Waiting for You. And it's like Waiting for You, my baby's coming back on the train, my baby's coming back on the train. And then, but there's lots about um, a, a husband. Like, there's there's a song about the, the three bears, but obviously it's a metaphor for him and his wife and his, his child. And again, yeah. that's phenomenal. Um, I, I'm not. I don't think it's not a album you want to listen to if you want to be cheered up. But <laughs> I, I think there, there is. But there is a lot. To be fair, there is a lot of um, positivity around it. It's one of those that I think you know. I, the the song where Ghosty speaks, but I'm always by your side. Is like you know when people pass, they they are still with you. Yeah. Like not in a like watching down, but you know your memory is the experience you have with them. You you always feel people with you. What was that? What was that Nick Cave documentary film we went to see? I think you went to see it as well. We didn't, we didn't go together. I've seen it, sadly. Is it uh, One More Time with Feet? No, it can't be. Is it that? I can't remember. No, it came last year. It's, it was about him writing the follow Well, he. No, it wasn't last year. Okay. He did um, He did a performance in the Alley Pally called Idiot Prayer. Yeah, no, it's, not, it's not that one. It's more of a documentary. Yeah, I think it was last uh, year. It was based on the album he did after, which is just with Warren Ellis, who is a member of the Bad Seeds. Um, I don't know what it was called, but it was about the release of the Carnage album they did together, which is another brilliant album. Um, yeah, he, he, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds incredible. No, it's, it's One More Time with Feeling, I'm thinking of, I think. Um, it's, it, which is about the recording of Skeleton, which is about the recording of Skeleton Tree in the aftermath after his son dies. Yeah. I think it's that one I've seen, which is like a really good documentary thank you for that one and um yeah i had tickets to see nick cave and bad seeds on the tour for this album but that was obviously cancelled because of covid i was very gutted yeah like, i was uh, i was really really i mean i got to see nick cave and warren ellis uh in late 2021 but i really wanted to see that tour cool. the album yeah. covers amazing as well i've got it on vinyl cool um my choice is a bit different <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
from one extreme to the other. Yeah. Um. So uh, I I kind of picked this. I kind of picked this because, um, basically. I'd I'd heard of this from yourself, from Dan, from other people, but I've never once listened to an album by this band, and I've picked Baby Metal, Future Metal. Do you mean Metal Galaxy? It's, it, the album's called Metal Galaxy. Metal Galaxy. So, okay. Yeah. So I've picked... I'm um, to mention Dan, because Dan hates this band with a passion. Well, again, that what I mean is you and Dan talking about them, whether that was positive or negative, I don't know. Um, yeah, so... Um, it, yeah, it was uh, Baby Metal, Metal Galaxy. And, okay, I find this interesting because I like some of the tracks on this, but this feels like every track could be by a completely different band. Right. That's like... interesting, because I think this is their worst album. Okay. This is the, this this album they released. So they did... Um, oh, I, but I don't know what the first one was called. I can't remember what the first one was. It might just be Bay Metal. The second one was called Metal Resistance, and then this was Metal Galaxy. Right. So this one, they each track is a different version of world music. Oh, okay. So it's, it's kind of scattershot. I think some songs work, some songs don't. And that's probably what you have picked up on. There's a lot of guest vocalists on this one as yeah. well. Um, so yeah, it's it's it's, it's okay. I it, I, I find the, the it last year is a lot better, and the one before is a lot better. I find it interesting because it's the sort of thing I do kind of like. Um, because one of one of the things I I would say is uh, if if you watch any anime shows, right, a lot of the time their intro musics are f- like the intro music is fucking brilliant. Like there's loads of heavy metal and stuff like that, which sounds a lot like this to a lot of anime shows, like a lot. Um, So, you know, from that point of view, so from that point of view, I really quite like it. Um, But again, it was that kind of thought of this, like this felt this album as someone who's just kind of like, let me try this and see if I like it. And it's like, like I like some of it, but it was just all over the place into and, and yeah, Okay, maybe that's by design, but I don't think that necessarily makes it a good album if you're like listening to it and there isn't like a a through line or a theme that you could sort of grab on. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'd re- I'd give Metal Resistance a go and then go to this year's one, mm. which I think is called the One. Okay, um, I think Shanti 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 is pretty good, but that's like the that's the Indian influence one. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Uh, this one, I just don't think it works as well. No, uh, I just don't like Baby Metal. I find them insipid and irritating. I tried to watch them at download, and I had to leave. I find them really annoying. Okay, I, I'm, I'm like I don't mind Gimme Chocolate. That's mostly because it's a war of attrition that they've won by having it play everywhere all the time <laughs> at one point. <laughs> so like, fair enough. I'm, I'll I'll wave a white flag, and they've won that that round. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, uh, Hodge, did you have a pick? Yes, he did. No, I don't. It was it was weird. <laughs> he he picked Menzing as Hello Exile. Yeah, I, 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 I
Kev just what do you like about, about this? Kev just wants to talk about another album and is trying to attribute it to me. So I'm I'm going to allow this because there's time for it because there's nothing this month I'm 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 interested in or <laughs> we'll all listen to. So go for it, Kev. <laughs> why is yeah? Why is this, it, this? To be fair, like if it had been after the party, which is their previous album, I would have picked it over Nick Cave because but those are two ten out of ten albums. But um, this this isn't as good as the previous one. It's pretty good. It's you know it's it's a good Menzig is a good band. It's a good album with the Menzigers, but it's not to the quality of their um, their previous one. Um, but the two singles off it are phenomenal. Right. Anna, Anna and um, America, I love you, but you're freaking me out. Um, yeah. That's a good oh, title. I'll give it that. Absolutely. That's a good title. That America, I love you, but you're freaking me out is a amazing song. Um, I recommend anyone to listen to it. It's just this is like nails it straight away. Because I think in this year we had the Frank Turner song, which was. Um, Make America Great Again, which was not very good. Mm. Uh, it, I, I don't get me started on that song. Yeah. Um, it makes me... I mean, you've got me so unfortunately, it's too late. I'm, I'm off. The, um, the problem with that song, right, is like, you're British, this isn't for you, but it just comes across as fucking preachy and middle-class English entitled, yeah. like, it's not for you to tell America what... But, I mean, it's just like, it just pisses me off in the wrong way. It's like, it's not your... Yeah, it's not not your not your argument, not your fight. Yeah, it's like it's not for you. <laughs> you can have an opinion, but the way it's put as if he's trying to tell Americans what to do just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, the, I uh, generally the like lyrics, uh, anyway, the Menzing song, the lyric, one of the lyrics is like what kind of monsters do the parents vote for? And it's like nails it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I told you my Menzinger's joke. What is it? You've got a tiny penis. That's a men zinger. Jesus fucking I mean, I Christ. Knew it was bad, but I, Jesus the fucking your, Christ. The look on your faces is what I did it for. <laughs> That's the sort of joke uh, Rage Against the Machine would make. That's how bad it is. <laughs> Menzinger's follow up came out today. I haven't listened to it yet, though. I am very much looking forward to it. Yeah. Big fan. So, uh, uh, <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to listen to stuff on my headphones, so I'll, I'll wait until Monday. Yeah. Um, so into singles. So uh, right. So we've got something that's been in the chart for a very long time. So it, from the fifth of September all the way to the third of October, where this starts, we've got "Take Me Back to London" by Ed Sheeran featuring Stormzy. I don't think I've heard this one. So there we go. Uh, and then uh, from tenth of October all the way up to nineteenth uh, of December. So if we ever do. Uh, uh, October, uh, November of 2019, and we should do at some point. You'll uh, and December, you'll hear this again. Dance Monkey by Tones and I. Don't know. Have you ever heard of Tones and I? Nope. No, but I haven't either. And I'd also never heard of this song. I listened to it today, and I cannot fathom why it was number one for so long. I think my son played this when he did his. Oh, he did a thing in his school where they got to be in a band and then perform. Right. I think one term they did this song, and he he was saying, "I'm doing dance work." He's like, "I don't know what that is." Um. So, but that's all I know about it. Rocksteady was the organization named after the the Turtles enemy <laughs> and the Batman developer. It it, it was weird. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and he was like, "I'm doing dance monkey," and I like I. I what are you talking about? I, I don't know. I don't know. Like I feel like I've missed parts of a conversation here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move on. 
Guys, just stay on, stay on target, all right? Please. So, we are we're talking about dance why, why I might have heard that song, but it's like, is it, I think it's like dance monkey, dance monkey, dance monkey, dance. Is that it? No, it's not that. Okay, so that's <laughs> nice. It's a it's a, it looks like it's a woman sat at a guitar, but she's got like a chipmunk voice. Oh okay. right! So there's another song that's called that's got dance monkey, dance monkey, dance monkey, dance. It's not called dance monkey. And I feel like the words dance and monkey are losing all meaning at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Matt, for, splice, splice the song in, Matt, so we can all hear what dance monkey is. No. <laughs> um, just have to go and figure it out like people did back in the day. Anyway, albums. Third of October. Uh, we've got Why Me, Why Not by Liam Gallagher. Never listened to this, but probably well, not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who would? Yeah. Uh, then we've got 10th of October. We've got Abbey Road by The Beatles, which is obviously going to be some kind of best of. Um, I imagine it's what they recorded at Abbey Road Studios. 17th of October, we've got Without Fear by Dermot Kennedy. Uh, 24th of October, we've got Giants of All Sizes by Elbow. And 31st of October... Everything Not Saved Will Be Lost, Part 2, by Foles. So it's, it's unusual, isn't it, that someone just takes their um, album title from a Windows pop-up message? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. It'll, next one is called um, Are You Sure? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that, that'll do us for, that'll do us for the, the, the music for uh, October 2019. The one after that was called We Crashed, Fuck You, You've Lost Your Document Because We're Windows. That's not a Windows error message, Kev. It's, it's worth knowing Kev's very upset that today is the day that the Activision Blizzard has been confirmed. And as what I'm reliably informed on Twitter is a Sony pony, uh, I believe that is the term, Kev is very upset. It, it, it the thing about Sony ponies is they, they get sent down the mines. They do. They have will to drag all the, the all, all the bits up. Yeah, all the, all the ones and zeros. Yeah. I mean, you're joking, but that thing I explained has happened a few times with Windows. Even I mean, on auto well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course it has. <laughs> but but that's the same. We're just gonna we're we're just gonna crash. Because yeah. Why not? Absolutely. Um. I mean, we're why on Teams at the moment, working. and that's not gonna work. Yeah. I'm just waiting for this to crash. I mean, come on, give me a break. I'm Khan, and I love stories. I especially love to dig into the historical roots that shape our favourite stories, books, films, TV shows, music, and more. Each week, we'll take a deep dive into a significant historical event and examine its impact on the media and popular culture of the time, as well as all the ways in which it continues to shape our entertainment today. So, whether you're a history buff, a pop culture fanatic, or simply curious about the world around you, join us as we dig up, unpack, and examine the origins of the stories that have shaped us. Welcome to Culture Chronicles. Available wherever you get your pods. Okay, man, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Now, come on, now, crank this motherfucker up. So, films. Um, I'm going to go first. Decide. Butcher Man watching some films. Mm. Uh, I went with Jojo Rabbit, which is... I've not seen this, and I should see it. Have you not seen it yet? Oh, it's really good. Um, it's really good. This is my time of I just don't really watch films unless it's seen in the cinema. So Jojo Rabbit is um, a film by Taika Waititi, who obviously did uh, a couple of the... F- no, he didn't do the four films, did he? Yes, he did. No, he, yeah. he, did, he did a good four film and a... And a bad four film. But he also did uh, What We Do in the Shadows and a couple of other stuff. Yeah. Um, and this is a story that takes place 
in um, Nazi Germany, basically. And uh, there's a young boy who's part of the whole Hitler youth and all the rest of it. And he has an imaginary friend. His imaginary friend is Hitler. Um, uh, and basically, you know, this is this is what I think this really does is it shows that for you know for for a kid who is growing up in you know Nazi occupied Germany, the idea of Hitler being a great, wonderful guy would not have been you know uh, exceptional. It would have just been normal. And the idea that uh, anything else uh, to the contrary would have been crazy and uh, well yeah i mean that the entirety of the state media system would have been promoted to say that yeah um like i I always find it funny where i've had this conversation with someone once where you find people who have a complete lack of imagination where they were like i hate the japanese because of world war ii and i said well yeah but they only did what they were doing because if you were born japanese in world war ii you would have done it and they went no i wouldn't i'd have joined the allies instead and i was like right okay of course you would like no that's not how that's not how that works um but but yeah and then it fi- then he finds out that his mum is harboring a jewish girl in the house effectively so he has been taught to fear jewish girl jewish people and everything like that um you, you know, consider them like almost like vampires and stuff like this, which uh, the Jewish girl plays on for laughs, which is good. Um, and yeah, it's basically having someone having their beliefs challenged in real time whilst trying to do all the normal, like, young boy stuff of growing up and basically being in the Scouts, which is what the Hitler Youth was, effectively. Mm. It was the Scouts. Yeah. Uh, and all this kind of stuff. It's uh, And it's a very funny... An incredibly sad film. It does not end well. Um, yeah. Um, so the, um, the other thing as well, like the way Taika Waititi plays Hitler is great. Like, yeah. Just like right now, it's like not even really using a Jewish accent. Not not Jewish. Um, German accent. Yeah. It's like I don't know. It's just sort of the way he plays it, which is very funny. Yeah. Uh, like it's again, it's a bit like uh, if you've ever seen the show Moon Boy. Um, where the young Irish lad has an imaginary yes. friend. It's, it's similar to that, in, in a way. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, again, I, I think this is one of those one of those things that is really good at, um, you know, but one, of, one of my favourite quotes is, the first country the Nazis invaded was Germany, you know, mm. and, it, and it kind of shows that, which is, you know, again, we're in deep danger in, in recent years of that happening elsewhere. Um, it's on um, Disney so, Plus. Yeah, abs- yeah. absolutely, hundred yeah. percent worth a watch. Yeah. In fact, I quite like um, when Taika Waititi, who is Maori slash Jewish, was asked about why he chose to play the role of Adolf Hitler. He said, "The answer is simple. What better fuck you to the guy?" <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, but yeah, really, really good. Well worth a watch. Cool. Okay. Um, Hodge, what have you got for us? I've got um, El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. This is the Jesse movie, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's the thing is there wasn't a lot this month that I'd seen that um, no, I hadn't already taken. I, I kind of I felt a bit like this was a bit of a letdown, to be honest. I, like, all, I looked through reviews and it's still quite well regarded, but I, I was a bit let down by this. To be honest, it didn't seem to. I think it was entirely pointless. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't. In the way that Battle Saul feels like vital, 
this just doesn't feel like it's like an unnecessary bookend. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Uh, like, well, uh, friend, friend of the podcast, Dan loved. I mean, he's he's like the biggest Breaking Bad fan there is, but he he loves this, and I was like, I just don't see the point. So I don't. So I, I would say I'm I'm somewhere in between the two of you because I I actually really like it, but I would absolutely agree it was unnecessary. Like I I Which like fair enough, I, I like what's there, but apart from the fact that um. I can't remember the name of the character, but you know the psycho blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy, biker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Todd. Yeah, it's, Todd? yeah. I think yeah. it is Todd. Yeah, has clearly put on a lot of weight in between the film, like the end of Breaking Bad and this, and it's just like okay. I mean, it's just you know, it's it's a bit jarring because it's very noticeable. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the only thing that was a bit like uh, okay. So it's, um, it's basically the story of, I guess there's a slight spoiler if you haven't seen it, but you know, it's on now. But it's basically the story of what happens to Jesse after the finale of Breaking Bad and how he gets to his new life. Yeah. But along the way, it flashes back to periods of time in Breaking Bad. And I think that's a problem. It kind of it kind of feels like it knows it can't support the story on its own. So mm. it has to go back to what happens during Breaking Bad. Whereas Cool Saul like resists that the whole way through for the best for the most part. It doesn't rely on being breaking bad. Only until so, like, yeah, it pulls the, the very last two episodes. To, yeah. Because the timeline starts to converge. Mm. But it doesn't feel like it's doing nudge nudge wink drum with this. Whereas this film feels like it's doing that yeah. quite a lot. Yeah, I think that's fair. Cool. 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 Right. It's not it's bad, it's just unnecessary. Of course all I really does it in the when in, they interspersed with breaking bad with the question of like what would you do if you had a billion dollars yeah it was it's like, point. That's, but, but that was the last it's like the last episode and they could have done it much earlier but they hold off rightfully so because it's it's its own story whereas yeah. i feel yeah, this this just didn't i i don't so breaking bad ends jesse drives out of the compound and like you sort of assume he just goes off and at the end of this nothing's really changed like he does he go off, but there's some shenanigans before yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it doesn't really do anything to well, suggest story. I don't think. I would, I would argue what that what it does though is it's effectively the story of Jesse reclaiming his life because at the end of Breaking Bad, he's basically been you know caught and held as a prisoner through yeah. you know for I, I don't know what the period of time is, but at least months I think it's, it is. It's a year. It's a year. Jesus Christ! Was it, oh wow! I that. Yeah. Um, and I think at the end of this film, it's very much him, like, like you know, he, he, you're right. At the end of the result is he does just drive off, but he drives off no longer a prisoner or a victim, basically. I th- that's, that's, I think, is the point of it. But, you know, is that a story that really needs to be told? So, there you go. That, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Kev! Yeah, I, I picked the big film that came out this month. Yeah, yeah. I think equally worthy. I picked Joker, which I can't believe is four years old now. Yeah. But, um, it's. I assume you've both seen this film. Yes. You've not seen Joker. It doesn't interest me. Okay. Really? Yeah. I I really recommend it. It's very very good. Um, I know like the idea of like oh it's a Joker film without Batman, but it's it's more about it's it's interesting like because there was a lot of debate around the film about people empathize empathizing with the character. Yeah. There was this debate. That empathy versus sympathy and it's like no you should sympathize with the character but you shouldn't empathize with the character like the empathy become becomes towards you know alt-right 
a Proud Boys America type thing. Whereas yeah. the sympathy is like, this character is born by a failure systems that make this person. Yeah. Like in a country that cared about people, he wouldn't exist. Yeah. Which is quite an interesting take of the Joker. It's not like the old, like, one bad day thing. It's like, no, this is a mentally disturbed individual that things happen in his life, but he is left by the system yeah. to become the monster he becomes and to inspire other monsters. Yeah. Uh, um, it, it's a film... Uh, it, it's one of those things. It's like this film, it almost doesn't need any relation to DC Comics. doesn't need it. It could exist without yeah. it. I, th- I think the fact that it's called Joker helped get people into the cinema to see it, but it could absolutely exist without that. Yeah. I mean, there, there's bits about, because he's he's told he's uh, uh, Thomas Wayne's son, isn't he? Yeah. Um, it's just, that's just his mum who made things up. Yes. There's, there's lots of unreliable narration. Like, you see everything from Joker's point of view, and you find out late in the film that, like, most of the stuff you've seen is not what happens. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. It's a very, you know, we've had other films like this, but this was done in a sort of a different way. Um, like there's this whole relationship that you see develop the film as absolute bollocks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's deliberately made more something like, uh, you know, a Taxi Driver or... Um, yeah, uh, King of Comedy is one Yeah, exactly. Which, funnily enough, are both Robert De Niro films. Yeah, um, yeah. Genuinely, I would say, Hodge, if you haven't watched it, I would give it a watch because it is, it's, it's very different. It, it's, it's it's a social commentary film. Um, yeah. uh, the fact that it's got you know a guy who dresses up in clown makeup is, uh, you know, like I say, it's good. I'm sure it was great for getting people's bums in seats. I'm, I'm less, I'm less excited about a sequel because I don't know if this is a film that you do a sequel to, but they I are. Wonder if, I, I wonder if. Like me, people. I'm, so I don't know how I was turned off it because of the Joker in um, in Suicide Squad. Oh, he just turned me off. Oh yeah, it's, 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 it's... I know it's not the same thing, but I think that turned me off. Yeah, like, I, the main thing on DC don't really know what we're doing with this. It's a DC film, which automatically turns me off as well for quite some time now. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Um, and DC have done so far nothing to change my opinion on that in recent years. Um, wow, it's yeah. a hard sell coming after Suicide Squad and being a DC film, I think. What's interesting, and I didn't expect this level of fairness, I looked it up on um, our friends at Movie Guide. Okay. I mean, this this is a reasonable... I, say, I haven't seen it, but there are, there, there, it's a fair opinion, I think. It turns the values of the comic books upside down and sucks the pleasure out of watching what is arguably the most iconic villain. The depiction of the Joker in the recent Gotham television series was far more interesting and entertaining. And of course, Cesar Romero's Joker in the 1960s Batman series was a lot of fun. Joker ends in an abhorrent place and it's a portrayal of the Batman comic books. <laughs> what? <laughs> you may or may not agree with it, but I feel like at least it's not what I was expecting from them. I mean, that is not what I expected from them. Um... Yeah, the, the joke, it's interesting. The Joker is a it's sort of like he's a villain that's changed. He's changed more than even by most superheroes have. There's yeah. so many different interpretations of Joker. Well, if, um, you, if you're keeping up at all with um, current DC stuff, it's because there's more than one Joker, which is fucking okay. shit. Sorry, it's <laughs> terrible. Whoever had that idea, it is a terrible fucking idea. Yeah. Um, I didn't read it. There was there was at least three Jokers, weren't there? There was like a classic one, the One More Day, and something else. There's there's um, King Joke even. 
effectively the Joker keeps making other Jokers is the thing. It's not good. It's a te- like it's one of those you should not have done this type stories. If you know what I, I mean. I think they turned it into a black label book, didn't they? So it may or may not be continuity. Oh, good because it's not good. It's really <laughs> not good. Um, like yeah, I sorry. Uh, don't, don't worry, Kev. I'd, I'd sort of done. yeah. Carry on. See, I think I the Joker in this film. I would quite like to see as a villain for the Robert Pattinson Batman. I think they fit together. I think the universes fit together quite well. Yeah, potentially. Um... I, think be, I think that would work. Like, I, I feel like each... I suppose the, 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 there's, I think there's sort of been this idea that like, the Joker and Batman are symbiotic in that they sort of each each Joker reflects the Batman that... Yeah. So, yeah. Like, got, yeah. Um, so, you know, you've got the 60s Batman has the, the very, like, silly Joker. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I... I think this film's very good. I think, um, yeah, it was interesting the sort of controversy that came from it, but I think that was when people go, well, it's just going to encourage people to act this way. It's like, no, well, because no, make a point. No, because at the at the end of the at the end of the um the film, they all chant "Kill the rich," which is yeah. a sentiment I don't think very like you know, considering the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it is that sort of we're going to drag like you know, drag people out of their ivory towers thing, or at least, and that's the interesting thing. That's how Joker remembers it, and um, does he? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is worth watch. I'm also, you know, I would also say I share some of Hodge's thing when someone goes, "Oh, the Joker is my favorite character." I'm like, "Uh, really? really? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. He he's a great villain. Yeah, yeah." I, I don't, but I, if someone says favorite, it's like when someone says like Rick is their favorite character, it's like oh red flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you've missed the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's like oh you might be a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's that's the thing. It's it's an interesting film. It's an interesting sort of section to how someone could become someone like the Joker and like how society's failings create that. Like you. This, this is a person that belongs in a mental institute, but society's just like, well, that costs money, so we don't care. So we're, yeah, we're just gonna let him out, and we'll just, you know, without supporting him in any way, let him continue his life, which creates something like this. Yeah, cool, right? So, uh, TV, we've got TV news, Hodge, I believe. Just, just a little bit. On the third of October, BBC One airs episode six thousand of EastEnders. That's a lot. Yep. On and, the 17th... and no one's broken a smile yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> On the 17th of October, BBC One axes uh, Watchdog after 34 years. Mm. Linking into the news from earlier, on the 24th of October, Channel 4 postpones plans to broadcast Smuggled, a documentary series following eight people attempting to enter the UK by evading border checks following the deaths of 39 people in a refrigerated lorry. That's, yeah, (laughs) that would seem... Wise move, Channel 4, wise move. That would be in terrible taste, yeah. I'm not sure the whole thing was a good idea in the first place. (laughs) Oh, that's also a fair... (laughs) Fair point. Yeah. Um and finally, um, I like this. On the twenty-fourth of October, Chef Paul Hollywood apologizes after describing a contestant's creation on the semi-final of the Great British Bake Off as diabetes on a plate. What? Why? Are you saying why the apology? Because I sort of feel the same. Like 
Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why he apologised to us. It's it's, uh, did some fucking... No, you can't. That's making light of people with a condition. He's saying he's really sugary, mate. And the reason yeah. people often have that condition is because they keep eating sugary things. No, apparently the reason why people have diabetes is they fan the Thames. They what? Yeah, sorry, this is a running joke on off menu. That uh, so Ed Gamble's got type two diabetes, and he fell in the Thames when he was younger. So James Acaster is convinced that diabetes is caused <laughs> by falling in the Thames because it's so toxic. Right. Okay. <laughs> I like it's funny. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we also have some uh, television picks. So um, yeah, Kev, what you got for us? Yeah. So um, I pick the Watchmen TV series. Yeah. Did yeah. you watch this? Yes. Yes, it was great. Brilliant. Yeah, see, it was a, uh, when it was announced, it was like uh, Damon Lindelof students. So Damon Lindelof, for those who don't know, who was involved in Lost. Yeah. But the things he's done since Lost make me think that Lost isn't his fault. Yeah. Um, because oh, I think... Sorry, sorry no, go on, sorry. Because um, he's done some good good stuff. Um, but yeah, this series is excellent. So it was a... I didn't know until I started watching it. It's, it's basically a sequel. Yeah. Um, but... It's not. I, I think, like, if people were purists, they could say it doesn't. You know, it's it's a thing. But it's a sequel to Watchmen. It takes place, I think, sort of twenty years later, twenty thirty years later. Um, but it's in the same universe. It works really well. Yeah. And I really need to rewatch it because I was really trying to read the synopsis today and I can't remember half of it. But so there, there's this. They're in the town of Tulsa where an actual massacre of. Uh, so Tulsa was like the African-American version of Wall Street. Yeah. Um, but white people got annoyed and basically just bombed the shit out of it in 1921, which, you know, it's not a story that many people know, but that's a um, that's where it takes place. And there's a white um, radical group on the rise called the Cavalry. And the cops in this town have to wear masks. So they, they yeah. all have, like, they're all in costumes. Yeah. So the, the main character's called, like, Sister Midnight. But yeah, the no no cop is allowed because they're worried about their families and everything. They have to all wear masks. Um, but it involves so the uh, the oh, I've got a name in the original Watchmen. Oh, she hooks up with the uh, Owl Man. Sally Jupiter. Is that right? I can't remember. She's, she's an FBI agent, isn't she? Yeah. She's now like working for the FBI. Um, it turns out that the uh, Ozymandias is stranded on a moon of jupiter as a prison for what he did in watchman but no one knows about it yeah uh, so you see jeremy irons who's great in this yes he, he is. really is yeah it's sort of like you you just see throughout this thing you're not quite sure what's going on but you see his man like in a country house is not allowed to leave and he's got clones and it's like what what is this and it's like no it's ozymandias this is his prison for um for doing what he did um and later it turns out that uh, Dr. Manhattan is someone who has forgotten he's Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. It's... And people are trying to get him to get his powers. And it's all a plot to, for this white supremacist group to get his powers led by uh, someone else. Yeah, it's it's but really... It's it's quite complicated, but it's very good. And it very much fits within the narrative of the original. They, um... they do a lot of good things, which I think the original Watchmen comic book kind of did as well, where... They give you it's it's slow burn, but they give you enough interesting things mm. to make you keep coming back. Like week after yeah. week, like every every single like you start off and you kind of think you have an idea of what's going on, 
then you then you completely lose the idea of what's going on but it comes together really really well in the end yeah. and everything sort of works out it's uh, when they announced that they were going to do a watchman tv show i was a bit like really is it going to be and i wondered what it was going to be and then i found out oh it's not going to have you know any of the original watchman characters and i was a bit like oh and then i watched it and i was like this is brilliant this is it's genuinely and the but the stunning thing for me is the amount of people who haven't watched this yeah mm. it's it's really good yeah it it's fantastic it's uh i think it was probably one of one of the best things on telly that year silk silk spectre yeah. silk the, spectre that was it yeah called sally jupiter that's why that's we're... yeah that's why yeah so i uh, think as well i think the problem this program had was a the movie adaptation of watchman wasn't great uh-huh. yeah uh, which should be bluff and i think also this this came out at a time where it kind of people kind of felt like dc were trying to milk watchman mm. um like did any of you read doomsday clock no no but i'm aware okay. of it Okay, so Doomsday Clock, it's not, it's not awful. It's not, like, as amazing. It, like, doesn't, you know, like, shit all over Watchmen. And it acts as a kind of pseudo-sequel to Watchmen. And the idea is that, like, due to in universal shenanigans in the DC universe, um, Batman, there's, like, a portal that opens in, in the Batcave, and afterwards Batman finds Rorschach's pin embedded in a wall. Oh, it's Barry. Barry is Barry doing his normal running too fast malarkey, I think, is what causes it. Oh, okay. And then the whole thing spirals, like in the DC universe, there's a um, some kind of superhuman arms race where people think the US have been creating their own superheroes uh, on purpose. And it's leading to an arms race. And then somehow it crosses over with the D- with the Watchmen universe. And it transpires that like Dr. Manhattan is like basically the architect of the, of the DC New 52 because he's messing with realities to try and see what will happen. Right. Anyway, <laughs> it, was, it was, but that's my point. Though. That was why I think this program had a bit of a problem because the name Watchman wasn't yeah. being very well regarded at the time. And of course, you're always going to have Alan Moore who jumps up and says, "I don't approve of this." Alan Moore has never approved of anything ever. He's often right, but still, <laughs> yeah, but it's a very I, miserable I, man. But he's from Northampton, so you know. <laughs> I think this is a really good. Like, if this had been, a, like, a sequel series in the comic and Alan Moore had written it, I think everyone would be like, this is amazing. This yeah. Is really good. Yeah. Like, it's it's that good. I think uh, hats off to the creators. And, like, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it feels like Watchmen. Not doing anything else as well. Well done for, like, not following it up. Doing a yeah. or anything. Apparently, Damon Lindelof said, no, I've done it. And uh, I don't want to do anything else. I don't want to do any more with it. I've done, I told the story I wanted to tell. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it, it loops in, like, it's three, like you said, it doesn't involve the original characters. It's three of the original characters heavily involved, so it's not... Yeah, I suppose. I think I was yeah. more... Yeah, it's... I, I, I mean, do you know what? It's funny, because I, I, until you sort of said, I didn't remember them in it, in it because uh, they are they are actually almost less interesting than, than what you learn about the characters in the actual show, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, the, the Doctor Manhattan revealed is really well done. Yeah. They're also not um, publicised going into it. They, they were going to be in it. No. Yeah. Which again is really, you know, it, it frustrates. It, it, it stopped. You know, they could have. It's it's HBO. They could have announced Jeremy Irons is playing Ozymandias. Yeah. But no. No. We don't want to do that because it's better for the TV program that we don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. This, this person, you know, it's uh, 
I think when uh, Silk Spectre is the only one that when they originally she the characters introduced in the show they say oh you're Silk Spectre yeah that's the only one that is a like straight away that's the person it is yeah but it doesn't matter yeah this was this was great I as a mini series I can't recommend it enough I think um, I think it probably was my favorite TV show of the year so yeah are they doing a new um a new animated version of Watchmen if I imagine that. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I would quite, I would still really like a TV series of the original comic because I don't think the film. I mean, Zack Snyder's a hack, so the film, motion comic is quite good. Yeah, but I think I, it would be doing a. I, I oh, think you yeah, need. Sorry, more sorry to interrupt, guys. Yeah, Watchmen animated movie coming in twenty twenty four. Okay, I think you need more time than a film to tell the story. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I I didn't mind the Zack Snyder film. I think they made a couple of changes, which actually makes sense. But you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they. I mean, we'll probably get to it at one point. I well, so we'll part this maybe. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um. Cool. Uh. Right. Um. Uh, just fifty-fifty as to who go next. Um. Hodge, you can go next because I don't know what this is. Oh, okay. So my TV pick is Modern Love which is based on the New York Times, I believe it is, mm-hmm. um, article or no, or piece, whatever we call it, column, column, New York Times column with the same name, Okay. Um, which I became familiar with through the podcast version of it, where um, in each column, they have someone write in and talk about love in some ways. It might be about a familial relationship or um, about self-care in that way, or it might be about a romantic relationship. And in the podcast version, they have some kind of celebrity read the article and they have like a short interview with the person who wrote the article afterwards to like catch up with them and find out a bit more about it. And the, it's really interesting. Um, this is like a, like a lovely like 20-minute, half-hour podcast. And Amazon turned it into like an anthology show of like two seasons. And it's okay. just... It's just lovely and it can be quite upsetting or heartwarming and it's it's good. There are a lot of things like that if I look at love in its various forms. Okay. Shine a spotlight on it for a bit of time and move on. Good. All right. Is it a bit it's like Amazon? Is it a bit like, oh, uh, my husband is pulling away from me and I don't know how to deal with it type situations thing? No, 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 it's all positive. Okay. It's more like this is how I met this person, like these like weird coincidences that led people together. Or it could be, um, you know, I had a friend and I lost that friend and we connected doing this or. Oh, OK. Hmm. It's um, it, it's a sort of thing which is lovely to watch if you're not feeling very well. Oh, OK. Is where I would put it. <laughs> it's, um, so, yeah, next time you're ill, Matt, this is worth watching on Amazon. Right. Fair enough. OK. Um, my my. I don't know why, but I found that mildly threatening. <laughs> next, next time you're ill, Matt. Like, he didn't talk to me. He just <laughs> said to Matt, like, he's going to make you ill, Matt. He's going to give me diabetes not, on a plate. To, it, it's easier to access Matt to make him ill. He's not as far away. It's true. Um, what's the <coughs> I'm already coughing. What's the thing where a parent would make their child ill so they can... Oh, like, Munchausen's by proxy. Yeah. Are you doing that to Matt? And it's not just parents. Anyone can do it. Yeah. Your wife can be doing it to you right now. <laughs> Bit weird. Um, uh, my my TV choice is kind of a lot simpler, really. It's The Mandalorian, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. I think what's important to think about when you talk about The Mandalorian TV show is you've got to remember what Star Wars 
had had become and how it felt up before this show came out because we'd only just had um the rise of skywalker no we hadn't hadn't we rise of sky we because we did december 2019 that's wow when came out and caused the covid remember yeah yeah okay actually covid being thrown into our ears and mouth okay hmm so this this came out pre rise of skywalker damn um Wow, it doesn't feel like it did, but I'm, I'm sure you're right. Um, in the UK, unless you pirated it, it didn't come out until March 2020. That's uh, where the confusion comes from, I think. That's probably yeah. where the confusion so I, comes from. I didn't from. watch this for March 2020. Um, okay, so, yeah, uh, I, I think we watched this as it came out, but that's probably why I was feeling about it. But anyway, so, all right, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm going to have to rethink this because my whole thing was that this this felt like, oh, God, Star Wars is okay to watch again. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, it was kind of smack bang in the middle of one of the worst pieces of god awful trash that has ever <laughs> been involved in the franchise. Um, we've talked at length about Rise of Skywalker, but uh, The Mandalorian is great. Pretty much from the first shot, it tells you everything you need to know about the character, what this is, and where it's going. Uh, it's it's a western in space. It's a western slash samurai movie in space, basically. Um where we follow uh, the Mandalorian, who goes unnamed through most of the first season until the very end, uh, as he tracks bounties. And then one of his bounties is a little baby, and it's a little baby Yoda, which is, you know, pretty good. And, you know, goes from a, uh, you know, tracks his journey from being a lone bounty hunter who just doesn't, doesn't care for anyone into basically becoming a dad of this uh little green alien as uh, it's and you know what i would say is it's definitely probably become a bit of a victim of bloat in some places i think they're starting to try and cram things in because you go back and you watch like the first series it's very simple the storytelling's very you know very direct and it's here's the problem here's the here's the solution how we're going to cope with this and I would say now it's a bit more like cram everything in there and add some more references to our other things that we're doing as well, um, which would be nice if they could stop that. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it generally hasn't ended up ruining the show. I think the show is still very good and still well worth watching. Um, but, it, you know, this was this is definitely the best Star Wars thing that there was in, in the, a while. The last season justified its existence with live-action Cad Bane. Yes. No, that yeah. was Book of Boba Fett. No, it was Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The last season justified its. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't care. The Book of Boba Fett is just the Mandalorian season two point five. Yeah, it, it, it what is. Try to say you can't have main events from one series happen in another series. Yeah, yeah. Especially when it's on the same streaming platform, it's just stupid. It was a decision made because if it happened. And it'd be cool Mandalorian season three. People have gone, oh, he's in it. Merch is all about Boba Fett. So they try to have their cake and eat it too. Well, Boba Fett is it's not a very good cake, with the exception of those few episodes. But Boba Fett is a clone of Mandalorian, so it would have worked. I mean, he, mm, yeah. 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 yeah I mean, from a title so point of view. It, it doesn't say which Mandalorian, does it? It's just the Mandalorian. No, I think. Yeah. They... I, I think. The first two series of this show are really, really good. Yes. Um, I think series three is okay. The problem with series three is 
Um, it takes a while to get to the fireworks factory and yeah. they bring back Moff Gideon. Third time is too much. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, it's it's like, oh, it's him again. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, Surprise! Uh, yeah, it, it's 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 weird when he becomes a, like a Bowser level antagonist of just being in, you know. Um, uh, now I'm in Mandalorian armor and yeah. I'm trying to become a Jedi. Like for fuck's sake! Like this is just yeah. Like yeah, I I understood bringing you back for series two, you, but yeah, that was it. You should have you need to have a bigger enemy. Yeah, it's uh, it is a little bit. I I agree. I think it is a little bit concerning. Um. <laughs> uh, isn't he dead now? Yeah, he's dead. Oh wow! Doesn't like it. I mean, it's explosion, it's... falling, death could mean anything. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. No, no, one, no one's ever dead, are they? <laughs> you know, you, you fucking so. die on a space station and you can come back somehow. <laughs> so... Well, se- series, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Series, the the series three ends and it's sort of suggesting it'll be more back to what series one was which is a more bounty of the week type thing yeah yeah um which i think is probably the right direction because i think you can you got you got to be good at telling a series arc whilst doing episode of the week things but i think that works better for this kind of show yeah because it, it's that it's that, like you said it's that cowboy gunslinger type thing where he's just solving problems as he's going along yeah well be prepared to be annoyed when the mandalorian season four becomes ahsoka season 1.5 uh mm, uh, the thing is i don't think you're wrong about that i think that's (laughs) i think that i think thrawn will be the big bad in the mandalorian season four um yeah uh but yeah I, i think the what well, this series is strongest, I would say, in this season, where it is just, you know, um, them yeah. them surviving and getting through, uh, you know, getting through enemies and stuff like that, and making allies and friends and, you know, alliances and stuff like that. It's 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 so good that, you know, uh, uh, but then I think also people started asking for things and then they got those things and then we went, ah, no, we didn't want this. It's a bit like uh, you start off with a really nice cake and then you go, I want icing on it and I want whipped cream and I want chocolate bits and I want mm-hmm. cookie bits. And you go, oh, shit, actually, this is diabetes on a plate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that sort of thing. If you had enough, you had enough and it was good. But There's maybe yeah. a call that like season three has too much Mandalorians. Yes. Yeah. Because their creed is a bit like... Oh, yeah, too many mandos, too many mandos. <laughs> well, I'm also very concerned when they start going. Oh, well, you see, the Mandalorian doesn't necessarily refer to um, uh, Dinjaro. It could be any Mandalorian, and I'm like, don't you fucking dare with that. Like, no, like, no one wants that yet. You haven't, you haven't built that cash yet of going. Oh, well, we're just <laughs> going to transfer the title to. Bo-Katan, exactly. because that's a hundred percent what you want to do. No, no, no. no I, I, I like Bo-Katan. I like Katie yeah, Sackhoff, like but also no, she's not. Yeah, yeah, she's fine, but she's not the character I tune in to watch. Basically, there we go. Um, same way Boba Fett wasn't the character I was tuning in to watch, where he slowly walked between places and then was ambushed <laughs> every episode. <laughs> every episode, slowly walk between I... a place. 
what a great yeah. idea for a show they had, and then they just ruined it. Oh, yeah, Boba Fett in charge of the underworld. That would be a great show. He's crap at it, it turns out. Absolutely <laughs> fucking useless at running the underworld. Until he gets the help of some greasers. Yeah. No, even then. Even Space then, he's still greases. crap. Um, okay, anyway. I mean, I, I like um, Agent May from that show. Yeah. But again, she she should be in charge of the underworld, not Boba Fett. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's her name? The Fe- Ferris, the sniper. She's really good, but yeah, she's competent. And it's like, what? Why do you why do you follow this big idiot? He should basically be like <laughs> your bodyguard. You should be in charge. Um, uh, we've also got one particular honourable mention, which would have felt it would have felt a bit wrong to have picked it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which was primal because we did an entire episode. Basically gushing about how good Primal is, um, so go go listen to that instead, uh, or as well. Or yet, just as go well. and watch Primal. Uh, yeah, go watch Primal. Yeah, um, go listen to us tell you why it's good. Just go watch the damn thing; it's great. Yeah, um, cool. We've also got some other honourable mentions. Just one. Oh, uh, oh, right. Okay, so it's the hundred and fifty hundred and fiftieth episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's a show we all love. Which is the yeah. janitor always mops twice. Oh, this is the film noir one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, where, where Charlie is the PI investigating how Frank got diarrhea. And it has a great scene where Dee goes to him trying to play the um, femme fatale. And Charlie's like, get away from me, you goon. He's like, I'm no goon. It's like, oh, you seem kind of goonish. He's like, I'm not a goon. I'm the femme fatale. It's like, ah, you're a bit like a goon. <laughs> and then later on, um, Mac and Dennis like, yeah, you goon. I'm not a goon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor D. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that was a, that was a great episode. I, like, uh, it's it's back on Always Sunny. I haven't picked it up yet, but it's uh, new episodes on Netflix UK. Yeah, yeah. they're good. Cool. You can, you can watch them in a few hours. There's eight episodes. So ah, okay, that's good. Right. Anyway, that brings us to the end of our little jaunt uh, down the road of October 2019 and its uh, pop culture. There's got to be a better way of forming that sentence. Uh, but that's the way I chose, and that's what I'm sticking with. Um, October 2019. Yeah, October. October. Ah, yeah. At a certain point. That's, be... that's a better way. Yeah. Just shout the words. Yeah. <laughs> um... Okay, I'm just going to roll for the next one. I don't think we'll do an October again, because I think we've done three. I think that's enough. Are we going to do a um, spooky bonus? Uh, actually, yeah, let's do that. Our next episode will be a spooky bonus episode. We'll have to have a think about what that is and what format it may take, because we've already talked about like our favourite horror films, scary games and stuff like that in a previous episode, so go check that out as well. Um so maybe let's have a think about what we can do about that, but we'll come back to you very soon. Maybe um, we can get some friends involved. Yes, exactly. Also, uh, check out, uh, there will be... Friends. Yeah, there will be a bonus episode of The Culture Chronicles featuring our mate Khan, uh, where where he and I discuss horror at length and things that basically go into making good horror. Um, some of the, the bits on that, which is re- was really fun to do, really great to talk to Khan about that. So please check that out if you get a chance as well. Um, yeah. Um, all it really remains for me to say is I've been Matthew Wynn, I've been joined by the wonderful Christopher Hodgkinson, and the marvellous Kevin Jones. Bye, Bye, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, them. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. If you've enjoyed this, please check out the Culture Chronicles by our friend Khan. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.